And this morning, as uh, we start our, our, our sort of Advent messages, as I thought about the word, as I sat down to uh, think about the word uh, this morning, well, no, I didn't do it this morning. I thought, as I sat down to prepare for this morning, is what I mean. And, you know, I, I come before the, came before the Lord and I said, What do you want me to talk about? You know, I said, Lord, I've been, you know, this is so many Christmases on, you know, nearly two decades on. You know, I've said every Christmas we, we, we talk about the nativity. What is it I can say? I said, everything's been said. And then in that moment, I just felt a prompting from Holy Spirit. He said, did you hear the arrogance in that? To think that we ever get to a place where we can say everything there is about God. To think that we, we, we know everything there is. You know, John's gospel tells us at the end that even if we were to put everything in a book, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain everything there is about God and about Christ Jesus. And so as we come this morning, my prayer, my hope is that we don't come with that familiarity. Christmas again, it's the, it's the nativity, it's, we, we hear about God coming, but we come with open hearts, expecting, we come with expectancy, expecting God to speak into our hearts, expecting Holy Spirit to bring fresh revelation into our lives that will change us and transform us and conform us more into the likeness of Christ Jesus. And so give us open hearts. Give us ears to hear this morning. This morning, we, we've mentioned it already, and this morning I want to talk about uh, the hope of Christmas. The hope that is in Christmas. Go with me. We're going to go two places in Scripture this morning as, as our key text. We're going to go first into Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read just a couple of verses from Matthew chapter 2. The first two verses, uh, the visit of the Magi, the wise men, and then also go into Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 18 uh, in that chapter through to verse 25. So keep your finger in, in both places and uh, we'll read. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, begins like this. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men or Magi in the, in, the, in the Greek, from the east came, from Jerusalem, came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We have come to worship him. Let's go over into, uh, into Romans chapter 8 and read uh, ver from verse 18 there. And we're going to read to verse 25. And it says this, For I consider, this is Paul writing to the Roman church, For I consider 
that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is, it, that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I want to finish there, but keep your fingers there in Romans chapter Eight, as we talk about or we consider the hope that is in Christmas this year. And Christmas is a time full of hope. There are times in life when we fall down, when we, we, things are so hard, we fall down and we don't feel like getting up again. We f- in fact, it's not that we don't feel like getting up again, it's that we don't feel as though we're able to get up again. And I'm not talking about when you get to my age and you fall down and you literally can't get up again off the floor. You know, um, I'm talking about where we, we, life is just so hard that sometimes you, you feel knocked down and, know you feel, and you feel as though you don't have the strength to lift yourself again. Fear, things like fear and anxiety and hopelessness, doubt enters into our lives. And maybe you are one of those people today that is in that situation where life just feels hard and, you, and you're feeling anxious, you're feeling fearful about the situation, you're feeling uncertain about the future and it scares you. There, is, there are legitimate things at, at the moment that should cause us some concern. But listen, there is no need to be afraid. There is no need to be scared because Christmas speaks about the hope that our God brings in and through Christ Jesus. Life, of course, can be difficult and harsh. And there are times when we live with a sense that things will get better, a hope that things must get better. But I want to say at the very beginning of this message that as we speak about hope, as we consider the hope of Christmas, I want to say that true hope, living hope, only comes in and through Christ Jesus. You will not find hope, true hope, anywhere else but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Anything else that is outside or apart from God is a futile 
kind of hope. It says the Magi in that first Christmas account went looking for Jesus, the Messiah, with the intent of worshipping. They understood that there was something about this baby, something about this about God coming into our world that filled them with hope. But that sense of hope and expectancy led them to a desire to want to worship him. And I want to say this morning that as we think about Christmas, as we think about the hope that God has given us, made possible through Christ Jesus, we're not looking at a distance But I want to encourage us this morning and say that we come with a heart of worship. We don't just come to find him. We don't just come to to rubberneck or to see him and to, to look at him. But actually as we come to Jesus during this Christmas season, it's with the intention of worshiping him. Because he is worthy of our praise. Christian writer J.J. Packer, who wrote uh, several um, books, but one of his better known books, Knowing Jesus, he said this, The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. Hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable, so that 30 years later he might hang on a cross. God came in human form as a baby. He laid in a manger in that animal feeding trough. And friends, we are reminded as we look at that manger that that was a king-size bed. That was a bed for a king. It was a king-size bed. And so as we look at Christmas this year, we approach it with a sense of renewed hope. And so what do we mean when we talk about hope? One definition describes hope like this. Hope is desire with the expectation of getting what is desired. And friends, we cannot have hope. We cannot have any hope if we neither desire or expect anything. I think there's a verse in scripture that says, blessed is the man who expects nothing, for he will not be disappointed. It doesn't say that in scripture at all, actually. (laughs) Just in case some of you were wondering. Sometimes our hope is misplaced. There are those who hope to enjoy eternal life, that one day they will stand in God's heaven and know him, and be with him. Yet it's a hope that they have without ever acknowledging Jesus. I want to say that, listen, you will not see, you will not stand in God's heaven. You will not stand in his presence for eternity without acknowledging and accepting Jesus Christ in this mortal life. We need to know him first as personal saviour before ever we can draw near to God. And God, through Christ Jesus, has made it possible for us to know God. There are those who hope 
to grow in Christ, a, a more intimate relationship without ever reading their, their Bible on a regular basis. And I want to say, again, you know, the Word of God, that's where we find the picture, the image, the, the nature, the character of God. If you want to know God, look in His Word. Because everything we need to know in this mortal life about Him is written here. There are those who hope to live happy lives, even though they don't know God. In other words, they are living a life in rebellion to God. The Bible tells us that before we come to know God, we are God's enemies. It says that we are at war with God. And yet people live with this empty hope. All of these kinds of hope, friends, are misplaced hope. Living happy lives, they're false hopes. They're hopes that cannot be um, fulfilled. You see, any kind of hope that is not anchored firmly in the character of who God is, not anchored firmly in what the Word says about His character and His nature, anything apart from that is a waste of time. It's no hope at all, in fact. R.C. Sproul, um, American Christian writer, he wrote this about hope. Hope is called the anchor of the soul in Hebrews 6 because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a wish, I wish that such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. You see, hope apart from God, hope without Christ is no hope at all. Our hope has to be anchored firmly in Christ Jesus. And there isn't a single person in this world that will live or can live a full life without hope. You see, hope is like, is, is like the oxygen to the, to the soul, even as natural oxygen is necessary for the physical body. So too is hope necessary for the well-being of the human soul, for the well-being of the human heart. You see, hope without, uh, without Christ um, allows us to become senseless, allows us to live lives without a purpose. It leads us into despair. A lack of hope, friends, ultimately destroys lives. And all of us have seen the evidence of that. You, how many of you have spoken or have met people that have had failed suicides? What about those who have gone through and completed suicides? I cannot, I cannot imagine, and I'm not... Uh, minimizing the despair and the hopelessness, but I cannot imagine for a moment how someone can be so hopeless that they feel the only option is to take their life. I know it happens, and I know people come to a place of despair and hopelessness, but I want to tell you that there is hope. It doesn't, you do not have to live a life without purpose. You don't have to live a life without knowing hope. I want to say this morning that wherever you are, you can find 
true hope, a reason for living, a reason for life in and through Christ Jesus. You see, if we take time to look it up, we will always find that hope is always, always connected to God. There is no hope without him. There is no real hope without Christ Jesus. Romans, uh, Paul's letter to Romans in the 15th chapter tells us, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, our God is a God of hope. He's the author of hope. And we are called to be those who are bound in hope through and by the power of Holy Spirit. Again, in Colossians, it states that Christ dwelling in us is our hope of glory. Father God, we pray right now for anyone who is in the room, Lord, or anyone watching online that in this moment is in a place of despair and hopelessness. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which you say doesn't go out and return to you empty. And we pray in this moment that your hope, the hope of you, Holy Spirit, would find the heart of, of men and women and that, Lord God, you would bring them to a place full of hope this Christmas. Father, we pray for those, Lord, who are on the brink of, of uh, ending their life. Lord, we call them back in Jesus' name. And we speak hope and we speak life into their situation. Father, we pray, Lord, that they would know that because of Jesus, their life has purpose in Jesus' name. Over and over again, we see that hope is connected, firmly anchored in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Without him, there is no hope. Listen, I have said it before, and I make no you know, uh, bones about it. I would not be here had it not been for Jesus. My life was a mess. I was one of those people that not only contemplated suicide, attempted suicide. And so I can stand here confidently and say, I know what it is to be without hope. But praise God, I know what it is to have found it in Jesus. There is nothing else. There is no one else who can offer us hope. Charles Spurgeon went on to say, without Jesus, there is no hope. You see, at some stage, all of us will go through something. We'll go through some stuff. We'll have to deal with some stuff. We go looking for that thing that will fulfill our lives. We go uh, trying to find purpose. Well, again, none of that. We Listen, we are never going to find fulfillment. We are never going to find true purpose in life without the Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas makes us very aware of how costly 
the season is. And Christmas reminds us of Christ who gave himself for us. Many of us right now are thinking about what presents we're going to buy. Some of us are thinking, oh, goodness me, I, you know, I'm, I can't afford it. And Christmas in the natural reminds us of the cost of Christmas. But it's not about the physical cost. When we think of Christmas, we think about the cost, the spiritual cost to God, our Father. The one who came in human form, restricted himself in, uh, in, a, in a vulnerable baby. The one who was born to die. He was also born to live, by the way, to give life. But he came to die for the sins of the world, to give of himself, to pour out his blood. It cost God something. And likewise, the hope of Christmas reminds us that we who profess to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, it costs us something as well. Paul, in that, um, in that eighth chapter of Romans, reminds us of the, the fact that we as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ may from time to time suffer. The Christian life is not easy. I'm not saying come to Jesus and everything will be great. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying come to Jesus and he'll walk you through the sufferings. He'll walk you through the, the troubles. He'll walk you through the difficulties of life. And he's committed to bring us out the other side. To live as Jesus did requires us to serve others, giving up our rights, giving up our privileges, resisting pressure to conform to the world. To follow Jesus exacts, demands a price be paid, and it demands something from each one of us. You see, sin has caused the world to fall. The sin has caused the world to fall into a, a, a decay far away from the perfect world and the perfect state that God originally created it in. The world, you see, is in bondage, whether the world knows it or not. But the world is on a trajectory that leads to only death and decay and ultimately a separation from God. But again, the word of hope, in, again in, in this eighth chapter, tells us that one day creation itself, in verse 21, will be made, will be liberated, will be set Free from the bondage of corruption. Hallelujah. You see, this is not all there is. There is hope in and through Christ Jesus. We might well see the world as it is. I'm not denying uh, what's happening in the world right now with, with, with wars and with famine and with um, economic stress and rising energy prices, and making choices about food and shelter. And all of, I'm not denying that at all. But what I'm saying is in and through Christ, when we have Christ and we know the hope of glory, then we don't need to look at the world and be pessimistic about it. We can look at the world in spite of all that is happening and know that there is hope. There is a way through this will, this will not be the end of us, friends. 
You see, hope again connects us with our past. In the same way that memories connect us with our past, so hope connects us not just with our past, but connects us with our future. Hope connects us with our present. We, re- we, we remember what's happened in the past, or we, can li- we link to the past as we remember things that have happened. And likewise, we are connected to our present as we thank God for all that he has done and all that he continues to do in and through us. And likewise, we can look to our future with a hope, knowing that Jesus, that God has made the plan and that he has set before us a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, that famous verse we know so well, talks about God giving us a future and a hope. You see, just as I don't know, but uh, as we come up to Christmas, our children will be asking um, us for, for things. Ours won't because they're a bit older, but they still ask. It never, it never changes. But if you've got younger children, they'll be asking you for Christmas. And I, I wonder if you're going to get the things that they've asked for. I remember, I remember one of my Christmases being very disappointed because I didn't get what I asked for. And maybe some of you might be like that, and unfortunately you might disappoint your children. They ask for one thing and you give them something else. But I want to say that God is not like that. God is a faithful God, and God gives us, God does exactly what he says he will do. He gives us exactly what he says he will give. When God makes a promise, he will keep his promise because God's word is his character. If he says it, he has to fulfill it. It might take a little longer at times, but God will fulfill his word. And if God has spoken to you, if, God, if you are waiting on that word from God, wait patiently. It might take some time, but again, you know, uh, Paul here in the scripture reminds us that we, we don't wait like spoilt children stamping our feet, saying, when, Lord, when, Lord, when? But instead, Paul says, we wait patiently, waiting for God to unfold his sovereign plan in front of us, waiting for the Lord to bring his purposes uh, into fulfillment. Christmas is a time of hope. And why can I say that Christmas is a time of hope? Well, very quickly and very succinctly. Christmas is a time of hope. Why? Because the Word of God gives us hope. The Bible gives us hope. The Bible sets out God's plan for our lives. It sets out what God's purposes are for the world and humankind. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, for our understanding, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You see, God has set it out before us. He says, read, if he says, read his word. You know, it, the, the future isn't ambiguous. God has told us what is in store for us, what lies ahead. And because of that, we can have 
hope. The scriptures give us hope. The stories of the saints that have gone before us and we read and we see how God has worked gives us hope because we know that as it says again elsewhere in scripture that in God there is no shadow of turning. In other words, if God did it and God worked in that way in the past, we can be sure that God will work that way in our present and in our future. And that causes us to have a hope. Our problems, we might think, are unique. But again, the scripture is a great book because it doesn't hide anything. You know, you read the scriptures and you find uh, men and women that had the same, dealt with the same issues, had the same problems, had the same struggles as us. Our problems are not unique. There's nothing, again, Ecclesiastes say, says, there is nothing new under the sun. We might think they're unique. We might think no one else has ever done it or been through it before. But the Bible has an answer. The Word of God gives us hope. The second thing is that the cross gives us hope. I nearly went to that side because the cross is normally there. But the cross gives us hope. Christmas trees don't give us hope. Bad. Christmas trees don't give us hope. The cross gives us hope. It reminds us when we look at the cross that someone, not just someone, it reminds us that God loves us. God loves us. God loves you. You know, you can say to yourself, God loves me. The God of the universe loves me enough to send his most precious gift in Christ Jesus, his only son, holding nothing back. He loves us so much that he's not prepared for us to stay as we are. He's not prepared for us to live a hopeless life. And so through the cross, there is no greater love than the love of Jesus for the saints. Jesus loves his church. He loves his people. He loves those who want to know him. And again, we, rem we, we remember the Magi where it says that they, they went looking for him, not because of what they could get from him, not because of what Jesus could do for them, but they went looking for him for what? So that they could simply worship him. Worship him. And maybe, maybe we need to get back to that place again where we start looking to Jesus for what he can do for us and what we can get from him. And we and find that place again where we're just contented being in his presence and we just worship. We just worship the one who is born to be king of kings. The cross also reminds us of our forgiveness. I wouldn't make a very good weatherman, would I? You know, I'm turning it. <laughs> the, the, the cross reminds us, the cross reminds us that there is forgiveness for us. Because on the cross, Jesus died, poured out his blood for the forgiveness of sin. And because we are, listen, we do not have to ask God to forgive us. It's one of my bugbears. It is, I'll, t I'll tell you, but quite, you know, it's one of my bugbears when I hear believers asking God to forgive them. 
We do not have to ask God to forgive us. The Bible tells us he's forgiven us. The Bible tells us it is done. It is finished. We are a forgiven people. All we have to do is receive that forgiveness by faith. So listen, start living the life that Jesus intended you to live, a life full of hope, and stop asking God to forgive you. Know, know, know that you are forgiven. You are a forgiven people. And there is the hope of Christmas. Because we who, you know, we all know what we were like before we met Jesus. We know what, we, what is in our hearts. And we think to ourselves, if I were God, I wouldn't forgive me. I know what I've done. But the message, the hope of Christmas, uh, well, the hope of the gospel is this, that when we come to Jesus, because of the cross, we are forgiven. We can know forgiveness. And what that means for us is that we don't have to stay as we are. We don't have to live with the mistakes and the shame of our past. But actually through Christ Jesus and his atoning work, a, a death on the cross, we have been given new life. New life and a new hope has been made accessible to us through the cross. There, friends, is the hope of Christmas. The cross of Christ Jesus gives us hope. Our, the, our sins, the debt that is owed, has been paid in full. Glory to God. Paid in full. Nothing else left to do. The third thing is that the empty tomb gives us hope because the resurrection of Jesus reminds us, it, it affirms that we can change. As I said earlier, Jesus was born to die, but he wasn't just born to die. He was born to give us life and eternal life. Listen, there are many times when we can wallow and, and feel sorry for ourselves in our thinking, in, in the sin we think we can't change, we can't do anything, there is no way out, this is just the way I am, I'm the way I am because of my family circumstance, because of my parents, because that happened to me, because I did this, that's the way I am. But the message of the gospel is that we can change. The resurrection tells us that we can come into a new life. It reminds us that we don't have to stay there. Listen, if God, if God can raise a dead body after three days being in the grave, if he can change a dead body into a glorious body, don't you think he can do something for us? Don't you think he can deal with that thing in our lives that has been a stumbling block that, that we thought God can't possibly deal with this. God can't possibly do anything. But I, God is able. God can and he will change us if we allow him to. If we have open hearts. Romans 6 verses 3 to 11 and I'm reading from the message 
um, version. Uh, this is a contemporary version of this, this, chap, this particular text. But it says this. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin miserable life no longer sins every beck and call what we believe is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death we also get included in his life-saving resurrection we know that when Jesus was raised from the dead it was a signal of the end of death as the end never again will death have the last word when Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God, that's what Jesus did. Hallelujah. It doesn't get any clearer than that, friends. That's what Jesus has done for us. He has made it possible for us to have new life and have a new and a living hope. And so in closing, I want to just say something. I want you to realize something. First of all, I want you to realize that without Christ, there is no hope, not true hope. You can have a pie-in-the-sky hope, you can have a wishful hope, but true and solid, guaranteed hope is only found in and through Christ Jesus. Someone once said, life with Christ is an endless hope. Life without Christ is a hopeless end. Church, the Magi in the Christmas story invite us to search for Jesus ourselves. More than that, I think they invite us to find Jesus. And when we find him, they invite us to join with them, to come with open hearts. And having found Jesus the Magi in the Christmas story invite us to worship him. Why? Because in Jesus is the hope of the world. Hallelujah.